Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Welcome back to um, what is becoming the norm on Mile High Report Radio. Um, This is the third time in a row, and as the saying goes, once is an incident, twice is a coincidence, three times is a trend. We we are seeing a trend here, Ian, with the Broncos and what's happening uh, in their football games. I'm not even going to play into the excuse that this was an East Coast game at 1 o'clock or noon or 11 o'clock, wherever you are. It doesn't matter. Everybody plays under the same conditions. And this Broncos team, they just are not prepared and are they're just not good. They're just not good. I, I think there is a pattern, though, because as I said in my game prediction, and I was the only one on staff to predict a Broncos loss, and this is what I said. The Broncos should win this game. The Broncos should win this game rather easily. But how many times have we said that the last two years only to feel either anger or disappointment at the result? And this was before today's Sunday's loss to the Jets. In Denver's last six games played on the East Coast, it is one and five. Overall, in its last 12 road games now, 12 road games now, 
they are one and eleven, and they're now one and six on games on the East Coast. If that is not an indictment on Vance Joseph and the Broncos, there isn't one. This team cannot play on the road. It cannot play on the road against any team. And if we're going to say the Jets are hapless, what the hell does that make the Broncos? Well, and let's not forget, the Broncos shut these Jets out. Now, I understand different quarterback, but are you telling me that Sam Darnold was the difference in this game? Because I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that he was the difference in this game. Um, but last year, the Broncos shut these Jets out at home, and then they went to MetLife Stadium or whatever they're calling it these days, and and, and they laid an egg. And, and, you know, to be honest, I was going to go into this game. I was going into this game. I was going to go Pollyanna on everything. I've been kind of negative recently, and I was going to try during the game to send out some positive tweets, right? I was going to do the positivity thing, and it took all of, what, a half a quarter for things to start to fall apart, and Pollyanna got thrown out of the building uh, and crashed on her own head there, and I had to go back to reality. And the reality is this team is bad. And whether it's home, road, uh, East Coast, West Coast, Alaska, I don't care if they're playing in South Africa, I I don't know that I can legitimately look at this team right now and say they are a contender or have a chance to win any of the rest of their games. They could potentially go 2-14. and That would not surprise me. And I already wrote the story. It's out there. The Broncos need to fire Vance Joseph. Please. And as always, the question is, well, who are you going to replace him with? At this point, it does not matter. It does not matter. Take anyone off the street at this point because they can't do much worse. John Fox is available. Maybe Dan Reeves. Because the same crap we saw last year from the incompetent Vance Joseph is still there. The assistant coaches and the quarterback have changed, yet the same issues that have plagued the Broncos since Joseph became the head coach are still present and accounted for. The team is still horrible in situational football. It's unprepared, completely lost, and incapable of making adjustments. But even worse, in Sunday's game, his team wasn't motivated, and little effort was shown by most against the Jets. Remember when Joseph was billed as a leader of men when he was hired? I remember it. I I remember it being a big part of why they hired him. And uh, you hit it on the head. It's, there is no other way around it. There's no motivation that that team looked like a group of guys that were out there making business decisions rather than making football decisions. And it was disappointing to say the least. And I I don't necessarily blame them. Would you follow Vance Joseph through a brick wall? Because I wouldn't. Would you run run into a burning building for him? I wouldn't. We've pounded on the coaches, right? We've, We've done that. We've gone off on the coaches for what feels like forever now. Is there anybody out there that could replace him? Yeah, anybody. In fact, the word is anybody. Anybody could replace him and we'd be fine with that. Why not take the special teams guy, the only unit that really seemed to be functioning, give him the head coaching job for the rest of the year, and let's just move on. I'm with you. Fire Vance Joseph. Let's let's start looking at how you can turn things around for next year. And, and I think it goes further than the coaches. 
and it 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 pains me to say it because you know how I am about this. I don't I, I I don't like to do this, and I, I'm I'm struggling with saying it now. But I honestly am am I'm I'm at the point where it's time to figure out a way to amicably split from John Elway as far as personnel decisions go football operations if there's a way to keep him in the building with the Broncos and allow him to save face in some in some way that's great but he cannot be the person who is putting the team together anymore because because he is the one who traded up to draft Paxton Lynch he is the one who brought in all of these terrible free agent signings he is the one who hired Vance Joseph He's also the one who decided to get rid of Wade Phillips. I think that's all you need. I think that's all you need. In my winners and losers, and I and I also said it in the the Broncos must need whichever adjective to fire Vance Joseph. It's not Vance Joseph's fault. Vance Joseph isn't the one who brought Vance Joseph back, seeing how in, incompetent he was last season. That wasn't going to get fixed. It didn't matter the assistant coaches Vance Joseph hired. It didn't matter the quarterback as long as it was Case Keenum. It it, it, it wasn't going to matter. It, it, it wasn't, wasn't going to matter. And that's not Joseph's fault. That's John Elway's fault. Absolutely. And in my, in my winners and losers, John Elway was the last loser. And here's what I said. It's been said that Denver's legend has no plan B. Never has that been more true since Peyton Manning retired. It's clear at this point that Elway has no clue what he's doing. And his franchise just shamed itself by being annihilated by a bad team that has a franchise quarterback. And and there it is, a franchise quarterback. This is the thing. I, I hate to do this because I actually really like Bradley Chubb. And I think that he's going to turn out to be a pretty good football player. I have pretty high aspiration or expectations of him, I should say. But at the end of the day, this is a quarterback-driven league. And what you see is uh, the opportunity has has passed, right? There, there aren't any quarterbacks in next year's draft like the draft class that we just saw. And the opportunity for John Elway to pick one of those guys, and, and I – I never wanted him to pick Josh Allen, but there were other quarterbacks out there they could have gone after. They could have traded up to try and get Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. Would would you have been okay with Sam Darnold at the at the number two spot? I would have, if they could have made that work. I would have been okay with with Josh Rosen at this point. But Here's the thing that's frustrating because a lot of Broncos country and a lot of our listeners, Brandon Quinn. And so many others were huge Baker Mayfield fans. Oh, and you were a Jeff, Baker Mayfield yeah. fan. Jeff was a Baker man. And I, I wasn't initially, I didn't have a ticket purchased for the Baker train before it started to, to go on down the tracks. But I got my ticket and I was able to jump on before it got full steam ahead. It's been said that John Elway had no interest in Baker Mayfield. Well then he's then he then he's an idiot. And he, and you know how you know how I feel about John Elway. You know how I feel about John Elway. 
John Elway, the player in, in my mind is still the greatest player in the history of the NFL. And, and if you want to argue with me about it, that's fine. You can argue with me about it. That's just the way I feel. And I give John Elway a ton of credit for bringing Peyton Manning in and turning the franchise around after the Josh McDaniels years and fixing things so that they could go on to win that Super Bowl in 2015. But it is incredibly apparent that 2015 is a lifetime ago and we have to move on from it. We can't keep talking about that. I think that we as fans have this feeling that this franchise, which is a signature franchise in the NFL, is still the franchise that it was in 2015 when it won the Super Bowl. And it's just not. It's nowhere near that. Part of it is the loss of, of leaders like DeMarcus Ware and Peyton Manning. Absolutely. But the other part of it is franchises change. Players get older. You, you move on from things. I mean, the NFL is constantly rolling, and you have to be able to adjust with it. And if the Denver Broncos want to look at themselves as a premier franchise on par with franchises like the Steelers and the and the Patriots and any other any of the other franchises that are sort of always there, then they've got to be able to make those adjustments just like the Patriots do. And I, and I know the Patriots. Somebody's going to say, "Well, the Patriots have Tom Brady and have had Tom Brady and blah 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 blah." Uh, as I recall. Bill Belichick and his team went 11-5 and with Matt Castle as their quarterback several years ago. So don't, don't give me this, oh, it's all Tom Brady. You have to create a, a culture and a system of winning. And the Broncos have not done that. And again, I, I, can't, I can't help but come back to the fact that that all starts with the guy who's making the decisions, and that's John Elway. It and just is. There's really not much left to say about that. And I, I just, I, the thing that has me just baffled is there was a time that this was unacceptable, that this kind of performance was unacceptable by this franchise. And if it happened, changes were made. And if it happened, changes need to happen. Vance Joseph needs to be fired. Joe Woods needs to be fired. And then after now. the season is over, Joe Ellis has some serious contemplating to do about what the direction is of this football team. Because it's not just the football side that has been struggling the last three years. The Broncos still don't have a corporate sponsor for their stadium. That isn't a coincidence. People don't want to associate with the Broncos. You can't get someone to give you money to put your your company's name on their stadium as a broncos fan i cannot imagine that possibility because i grew up here and the broncos were the thing to be affiliated with i mean think about this in the 80s in the 90s if they if pat bolin had offered to put a corporate sponsor on mile high stadium Think of how many businesses would have just been in line to, to give him as much money as he wanted. And now you can't get a single company to put their name on the stadium. You know, it's interesting because the, the companies that have put their names on the stadiums or on, on at least on uh, Mile High Stadium recently, Invesco, Sports Authority, they've gone out of business. Does that sort of feel... Um, 
Like that, that's, there's certainly a connection there. I'm not saying there's an actual connection there, but there's a feeling of, look at what happens when companies put their names on the side of the building for the Broncos. It doesn't go so well. That feels like a bit of an allegory for what's going on with the Denver Broncos in the, in the NFL realm right now, is that they are just sort of collapsing on themselves. This, this game to me was, was so frustrating. And I want to kind of go back to talking about the game itself, because I feel like if we get too far into franchise stuff, we're really getting away from the recap. But it's, it's all part and parcel, right? They all go together. And the thing that I, I cannot understand is how a defense of so much pride was able to give up over 300 rushing yards to, to a Jets team that's not any good. How did they do that? They were prepared. Exactly. And they were motivated. Exactly. And where I mean, does that those start? Those are the two things that come to mind. And where does that start? With coaching. And who is their coach? Todd Bowles. Does he seem like a leader of men? Yes, he does. Okay. So there was a leader of men on the field. He was just wearing green. There is a huge difference there between what you see from Todd Bowles, who was handed a franchise that was awful. He's got his franchise quarterback now. He's got his defense rolling. He's apparently got a running game, at least if you look at what they did to the Broncos. And then you have Vance Joseph on the other side, who was handed a franchise that was two years removed from winning a Super Bowl. And he has completely tanked the franchise. And you're right, it's not about Vance Joseph. He shouldn't he shouldn't have gotten on the plane in Miami, as we talked about last year. And so now I'm going to say it again. He shouldn't get on the plane in New York. When the Broncos leave, Vance Joseph should stay in New York. He should go see Hamilton, maybe another, maybe, maybe go check out check out another Broadway show, maybe stick around and watch a Knicks preseason game, maybe get try and get tickets to a Yankees game. Because the Yankees are in the playoffs, it'd be the only way he's sniffing the playoffs. But that's he, too good. That, that's too good. I just don't want him coming back to Denver. Occupy his time. Let him miss the flight. Because I don't want him back in Denver. I'm done. It's time to move on. And if John Elway wants to start saving face, and this is this is the other aspect of that. And I know I said we were going to talk about game recap, but I just I have to. If John Elway wants to start saving face, then the next time you hear him speak should be to introduce somebody as the interim head coach of the Denver Broncos because Vance Joseph has been fired. And if it's not, then this year is a failure. It already is a failure. And the last two years have been a failure. I, I and at this point, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not upset. I mean, I was upset at what happened in Miami because I was there. And I, the roles have reversed. You're now the one holding the mic on vacation. I am. Yes, on vacation, holding the mic, yelling into the mic. And, <laughs> my, my yelling. And, and I, and I'm the, I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, but I'm not holding my breath because he shouldn't have brought Vance Joseph back in the first place. No, he, he shouldn't, shouldn't have. have. He shouldn't have hired Vance Joseph. But he did. But he did. And the thing, the thing that is so glaring, and you t- you talked about Todd Bowles and the difference between Todd Bowles and Vance Joseph. The other thing that stuck out, and I mentioned this earlier, is the Jets have a franchise quarterback. They might be a bad franchise right now, and they might be a bad team, 
but they have Sam Darnold who is going to be able to lead that franchise for the next 10, 15 years. And he looks good. He made some throws. Oh yeah. He looked great. And I don't know if that makes me more pissed off or if it makes me envious. I think it's envy. Here's the thing. Even, even the jets, even the jets, because remember, they didn't have the number three overall pick. They actually had to move up above the Broncos to get to number three. They had the number six pick, and they traded with the Colts because they knew if they wanted to get a franchise quarterback, they had to make that move really quick. Yeah, I, I mean, and they did. And that's the other thing. They were willing to make that move. And this was something we talked about during the draft that is frustrating and I suppose we'll talk about it here as well. The thing that teams like the Jets did and the Browns is they went out and they made the draft happen for themselves. Obviously they played horribly, but then they, you know, the the Jets especially, they didn't wait. They didn't sit back and let the draft fall to them. They went and took the draft. And they knew that they had to trade up to get the quarterback that they wanted. And the Broncos sat back and just let things happen. And, and you have to wonder, who would they have taken at five if Bradley Chubb hadn't been there? Would it be Denzel Ward? Because Denzel Ward had another interception today. It sure would be nice to have a secondary that actually was able to, to get some interceptions. Would they have taken a quarterback at five if no. Bradley Chubb hadn't been there? Would they have taken a left tackle? I think they would have traded down with the Bills, to be honest with you. And that would have been okay, I, I guess. I don't know. I guess it's sort of hard to to no, write the I, indictment I, here. I don't have the ability at this point. I do. You do whatever it takes to get a franchise quarterback. This was the draft to get a franchise quarterback. And John Elway, the king of aggression, the king of never give up, the king of is the ultra competitor, the king of I had a pool table, lost to Bubby Brister, got rid of the pool table, sits back, and doesn't make a move to get a freaking franchise quarterback. He got a little too conservative, maybe? I think he's too cheap. Mm. But Who, That's weird to me, too. That's the thing that always drives me. Is, whose money is he spending? Because he's not an owner. So what does he care? Spend the money. To, to have a positive, I, and, and, and this has been the case since he showed up as Philip Lindsay, Philip Lindsay was, was a winner for me because yeah. he's basically the only one who shined on offense. He's fun to watch and will play a big role for this franchise in the foreseeable future. You know, it's funny. His stats were pretty similar this week as they were to last week, 12 rushes for 61 yards. And uh, last week it was 12 rushes for what was it? 67 yards or 69 yards, something like that. And, and actually even Royce Freeman in limited touches after Vance Joseph said he needed more touches uh, averaged over five yards a carry. So again, I think you're absolutely right. The rookie running backs are having an impact, a positive impact on the, on the franchise. And then because I'm trying to find the positives, I gave, I, I listed Adam Gotsis as a winner. Yeah. Because at least Denver's defense created a turnover. Not only that, the offense turned that into a touchdown. That was, and it feels like that was the first time that had happened in 48 years 
<laughs> and I'm not even 48 years old. Exactly. It it felt like forever ago that the last time they did that. So that was good. And in fact, when I saw that, I thought, okay, Denver is back. They're gonna they're gonna take this game. The Broncos will take this game, and they will they will be able to regroup after this. And maybe what you will see is a, a rebirth of some confidence. And then it all fell apart after that. And in fact, it, I think they they punted on their next five or six possessions. I think so it was 15. It, we got uh, we got a good look at the new punter, so that's nice. I suppose yeah, give him a good leg. I yeah. mean, he needed work. I mean, he he was what? I think he was delivering pizzas last yeah, year. Or bagging groceries or who knows what he was doing. But he but he wasn't kicking a football. I mean, maybe he was on his own time, but wasn't getting paid to do it. It's it's incredible the the collapse of this franchise uh over the last few weeks. Really, you, to go two and zero, to win some games like they did at the beginning of the season, then to to lay eggs three weeks in a row, especially especially this one. To me, this one hurts worse than the Kansas City game because they looked disinterested. They looked like they didn't care. Once they started to lose the game, nothing else. It, it didn't matter anymore. There was no fight in that dog, and I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I, I I tried to convince myself of Case Keenum that he was going to be the Case Keenum of the Minnesota Vikings. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Well, we all did. But I, I, I I'm. It shouldn't be a surprise that a backup quarterback, a journeyman quarterback, is a trash quarterback. And I, the fact that, and I said this leading up to the draft that the only way the case Keenum signing makes sense is if you draft Baker Mayfield to pair with it or, or some quarterback, even if it wasn't Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield was our preference. We didn't know the Browns were going to take him first. And at that point there was nothing the Broncos could have done, but they could have taken a quarterback. They could have taken Josh Rosen. They could have. And and at this point it, it probably looks like to, to many people that they should have. Because what does it matter to have, you know, another edge rusher with Von Miller when you don't have a quarterback that can complete passes? And maybe we should go back to Von Miller a little bit there. I brought his name up, and you kind of asked the question last week, and it felt like an indictment, and I went, I went to bat for Von a little bit, and I'm going to reverse that some. Now, I think he's injured. I do. I think he has to be because this is the third week in a row. He has he, not done anything. He's definitely injured. But what that means to me is that because he is injured, he probably shouldn't be out there. And you have to know at what point are you actually helping or hurting the team. And that's hard for a leader. I had this conversation with a buddy of mine. We were texting back and forth during the game. And he, and he asked me, he said, is Von Miller still play for the Broncos? And I really do think he's injured. And he, and he said, if he's injured, then he shouldn't be out there. And that's not really Vaughn's call, right? Vaughn Miller is the player. The coaches and the training staff have to make that decision. But if he's out there not being effective because he's injured and they're allowing him to continue to play and it's possible that he could aggravate or do worse to himself what he's already done, why is he out there? You're making a huge assumption. I am. What if he's not hurt? What well, if he's not hurt? Like I almost hope he is. That that has to be a consideration, because if he's if he's not hurt, why are they paying him quarterback money when you don't have a quarterback? 
Well, because you don't need to pay a quarterback quarterback money. You can you can just bring in a journeyman quarterback, and they'll take care of it for you. That needs. I get that we want we want to try to make excuses for Von Miller and hope that he's injured. You also have to take into consideration he might not be injured. Oh no, I agree with you. I'm I, I literally what I am saying here is I hope he is, because if that's the performance he's going to put out on the field, then then something's got to change. And if you were willing to cut Marquette King because he couldn't punt but you're going to continue to pay Von Miller gajillions of dollars and he's going to continue to be worthless out on the field. What's the point? You're, you're, you're just hurting yourself at this point. I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. And that, I think that's the other frustrating aspect. You watch that game and you see, you know, in garbage time, they got the touchdown passage to Demarius Thomas, which good for me. I had Demarius Thomas going to my fantasy team. They, they seem to be able to move the ball in garbage time. But that's no that's not a silver lining to me. And I and I cannot for the life of me as I sit here and I talk to you about it and I think about it. I cannot for the life of me figure out where does this team go from here? I think it's only going to get worse. And I know we talked a few weeks ago about how you think it's too quick to label Garrett Bowles a bust. Garrett Bowles is a bust. His name is Garrett Holds. He leads the National Football League in holding penalties. Again. Again. He is a liability. He At this point, you need to move him to defense because that's the only place that he's going to be able to get away with holding people. Maybe that's not a bad idea. And then you think about the... And then the other loser I had was Denver's offensive line. And Denver's offensive line is great in run blocking. They have been. This is true. It is putrid in run blocking. And look who's coming up next week. And look who is the defensive coordinator for that defense. Oh, The Broncos are going to get embarrassed against the Rams. And Wade Phillips is not going to call off his dogs on that defensive line of Aaron Donald and Indomitian Sue. I think, Oy uh, vey. I, I think we might see Chad Kelly next week. I think we might see a third quarterback because they both might be injured. That's what I'm saying. I think you, I, I think that Chad Kelly is going to get some playing time. Not for very long, though, because whoever's going to be the third quarterback will be playing quarterback after that. Is Demarius Thomas the emergency quarterback? I'm not sure who it is. Because they don't carry three quarterbacks. Maybe they will next week, right? Maybe what the kid from Stanford will be on the, on the roster next week. He won't be inactive. Who knows? You, men- you mentioned Chad Kelly. In my winners and losers, obviously Case Keenum was a loser. Yep. But he's a liability at this point. And it's time to consider making the switch to Chad Kelly. Oh, don't let Pete hear you say that. Keenum has proven his success with the Minnesota Vikings last season was a fluke. It was a fluke. And then I have to mention the other the two other losers. One is a player, the other is a unit. Bradley Roby. Oh, he looked terrible. I, I mean, it it's was fitting. It was fitting that the frequent flyer zone was going against the Jets. Yeah, they flew the friendly skies. That's for sure. And it wasn't just the passing defense; it was the run defense. Oh, well, like we said, over three was it three hundred twenty-six yards or something like that, rushing it's yards. Way too much. I mean, there was a play 
where Pecco had um, it wasn't Kroll. Who was it? It was uh, was it Powell? Where 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 Powell was wrapped up by Pecco in the backfield, and he just rips Pecco off of him and and runs for another ten or twelve yards. I mean, there it was. The tackling was so bad. But it's been bad since the Seahawks game. I because uh, my wife and I were at the game, and we looked at each other and we we said this team is awful at tackling, and it hasn't gotten better. It has not gotten better. No, no, it has not. And it was, it was, imp- it was sort of like a, a, a shock to me to sit there and to see them miss tackle after tackle after tackle. And uh, you know, it was. It was incredible to me that the best tackle that was made in the game was the last tackle when Cortland Sutton uh, was able to prevent uh, whoever, I can't remember the name of the guy who picked it off, but prevent him from getting into the end zone. 103-yard interception return for a nothing. And uh, that was that was the best tackle of the game. And that's sad. That is the saddest thing I've ever said. But do you know why the tackling is tied into all the other things that we've talked about? Because it's all about coaching. Tackling is a mindset. Mm-hmm. Tackling is, is is purely about motivation. And do you have the motivation to tackle? And it's a philosophy. It's a mindset. It's an approach. Think about the orange crush. And think about the guys they had on that defense and what would happen when they made a tackle. If you got past the defensive line of Lyle Alzado and Rich Tombstone Jackson, Behind it, you had Randy Gratishar and Tom Jackson. And then behind that, you had Billy Thompson and Louie Wright. It was a mindset. It was an approach. It was it, it, it was how you play defense. And it came from their defensive coordinator. It, it, it really did. And think about the 2015 defense. And think about what is, what this defense has looked like since Wade Phillips has left. Well, and now, on top of that, with the with the uh, the exit of Akib Tlaib, you have no attitude on that defense. You know, Von Miller's fun. I think that's the other thing that we miss. Von Miller's fun. Right? Von Miller is fun. He likes to do fun things, which is great, but it's not mean. There's, there's nobody on that team, and, and I guess I'm sort of wondering whatever happened to Derek Wolf here. There's nobody on that defense that's mean, that's nasty, that's scary. And I think that also that ties back into what we said about coaches. Mm-hmm. A team takes on the attitude of its coach. I agree. I agree. And this coach, he's nice. Both of them are. Yeah, they're they're nice guys. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind sitting and talking to them and hanging out. I'm sure they're. they're sure, they're wonderful to hang out with. But being a coach in the NFL is a totally different setup. Totally so different asked, setup. I think you asked it rhetorically, but I'm going to ask it. Where do they go from here? What What did the Broncos need to do? What What is it that they can do over the next couple of days before they start getting ready for the Rams? I honestly, that's who's next. I and, I, and I've talked that, about it. Sure. I've talked about it. Two of the this was the this was a must win game. Oh yeah. If they wanted to save their season, they had to beat the Jets. Oh no, season over. Now, now they're on a three game losing streak, and two of the next three are against the Rams and at the Chiefs. 
Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> where do they where do they go from here? They go to a, a top five draft pick. Um, I, I honestly think at this point it's it's best if they clean house. Get rid of all of the coaches, save the special teams coach, give him the clipboard and say, good luck, you know, see if you can win a game or two. Um, and and you start looking for ways to just get rid of salary. Who can you cut? Who can you get rid of? I think this is the last you'll see of Demarius Thomas in a Broncos uniform and probably Emmanuel Sanders. Yes, and Brandon Marshall. And I think Brandon Marshall is gone as well. And Which I, he should have been gone a long time sure. ago. I love what he does on off the field. He is a terrible football player. Absolutely, he is. Absolutely. I think it's important at this point that, and I, I can't give you any more real specifics. Like, I'm not 100% sure what you do beyond that. But it's time for the Broncos to just completely rebuild. And it, and it, it hurts, hurts to say that a little bit because we like to think of the Denver Broncos as a franchise that doesn't have to rebuild. This is not a franchise that rebuilds. It's a franchise that reloads. Well, sometimes... If the gun breaks, then you've got to do more than just reload. You got to buy a new gun. You got to go buy a new gun, and and I I mean that sincerely. And I I tweeted that out this week about the punter when Marquette King was was uh, what was put on IR and they're going to release him. And I had some people who come back at me on Twitter saying turmoil. You know, I use the word turmoil, and people had a problem with that. Even even Lori had a problem with it. I said, "Oh, Doc didn't like what I said." I got a little self conscious because I don't want to upset Lori. That's mean. But I, I go back to it and I say, I, "I think I'm right. I think I'm absolutely right. There is turmoil in, in this franchise, and it's top to bottom turmoil. It's front office, it's coaching, it's players, and you cannot bring in." legit free agency players if your franchise is in disarray and this franchise is in disarray think about here's another one i'll give to you calais campbell where's calais campbell from denver he's from denver where did he choose to sign after denver won a super bowl jacksonville why because jacksonville is closer to winning a super bowl that is exactly what he said right and everybody in Denver and everybody who's who knows the franchise went, that's crazy. The Broncos just won a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning retired, but that's no big deal. We still got this great defense. The Broncos have gone backwards every year since. The no Jaguars? The Jaguars don't look like a team that's going backwards. Now, they're not going to win every game, obviously, and they're not as good as, as some people might think, and their offense is still struggling, but they're they're a team that's closer to the Super Bowl. And so after watching this game against the Jets, after spending an, a, a Sunday in frustration, it is incredibly apparent that the only place that this team can go is to throw everything away and start over. My brother-in-law was talking about he does this every now and then with socks. You know, you, you get you got you got he's got a family, he's got four kids and a wife and a house, and their socks get lost and mixed around and whatnot. And every once in a while, he just takes all of the socks and throws them all away. And then he goes and buys new socks for everybody. I think it's time to throw away all the socks and buy new socks. Suck for Tua? I, I, maybe. I don't know enough about Tua to, to say that, but it, it, sure. I don't think they're going to have to try. I don't see them winning any games anytime soon. So I don't think they're going to have to make a lot of effort there. I I, I mean... 
what gives anyone hope that if the Broncos are going to have another top five pick, that Elway will do right with it? Well, that and I, I love Chubb. I hate to say this, but Elway when, when is a sock. A chub, when when Elway when when there's a Chubb, you have to grab it. Well, yeah, absolutely, I'm sorry. you have sure. to. But Elway's a sock too. That hurts. I you know I don't enjoy saying that. And there's going to be people who call me out. No, Elway's won a Super Bowl, and he's one of the best GMs. He has been. He has been one of the best GMs in football, but not for the last few years. Three, to be exact. And the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of business, and what he's done for us lately is not enough. And it's time to figure out a way to, to allow him to save face and get him out of personnel decisions. It's time to move on. And I think this is something that may be tabled until Tuesday when we do our, our preview for the week, but I don't think it's just Elway then at that point. Well, I think they need I think they need to sell the franchise and they need to get an actual owner to take place. It's it's because it's there is no leadership there. in this yeah. There is no leadership and they can't wait. They can't wait for one of Bullen's kids to be ready because by that point, this franchise will be so far in the gutter and lost so much value. It won't matter. The fran the, the 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 Pat Bowen Trust needs to sell this franchise to an owner to step in right now, and maybe that owner is Peyton Manning. I mean, the last time the sheriff showed up, it wasn't too bad. Who knows? Who knows? Right, listen, I do. We really have anything else to cover here? No. At this point, it's just it, it, it's it's seeing how bad it will get. Because it will get bad. You're playing. You're playing the number one offense. One of the number one offenses. Uh, one of the top offenses with the Rams, and you have Wade Phillips coming into the place that did him wrong. Feels like he's, a bit of a revenge game. He's going to want to embarrass the Broncos' offense, and he's not going to have to do much to tr- to to make it happen. There won't be a lot no. of trying. Just put. Can you imagine if they put Aaron Darnold or Indomitian Sue? Up against Garrett Bowles? Well, they won't be able to do anything because he'll just hold them, and that's fine. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 Sunday is going to – next Sunday against the Rams is going to be bad. Then they go to the Cardinals, maybe. I don't know. But it's on the road. But at least it's not on the East Coast. So that's maybe true. that's where they get their win. That's maybe where they get their win. That's very true. And then true. they're going to go against the Chiefs. That's what we have to look forward to. That is what we have to look forward to. All right, well, sounds like fun. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.